integrating forestry into your existing agricultural business can actually help maximise overall business productivity. So maintaining your existing levels of agricultural productivity whilst adding a, an additional future income stream. Timber demand globally is, is set to triple to 2050. The UK currently imports 75% of its timber and that will rise. We need more forestry to sustain our needs. Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast on grant funding for woodland creation. I'm Leona Bailey, a forester at SAC Consulting, and for this episode, I met with Virginia Hyden-Scott, Woodland Creation Officer at Scottish Forestry, formerly the Forestry Commission. We spoke about why the Forestry Grant Scheme, or FGS, exists, what it can pay for, and how you can access the financial support available for planting new woodlands. We also touched on some of the many benefits that growing trees can add to a farm business, and why the Scottish Government is keen to continue supporting woodland creation. So whether you've never before considered planting new woodlands or you're already keen to find out more detail about the help available, this podcast is a good place to start. Virginia, thanks very much for joining me today. No problem at all. Could you start off by just telling me a bit about your role and your involvement in FGS? Yes, I work with landowners to support the integration of forestry into existing rural businesses and to highlight the opportunities and financial support available with and for woodland creation. Could you explain why the forestry grant scheme exists? Why does the Scottish government offer financial support for planting new woodlands? Okay, so in terms of the, the forestry grant scheme, the reason that the Scottish government is supporting it is uh, in terms of a payment for public goods, looking at it in terms of rural development, uh, development of sustainable land use, looking to develop a, a personal or a sustainable firewood uh, supply chain and domestic timber supply, which includes the substitution of wood products for higher carbon materials such as concrete and steel. We also have ambitious national planting targets at the moment, currently 10,000 hectares, moving up to 15,000 hectares per annum of new woodland creation, in line with Scottish Government's ambitious climate change targets. We're also looking to international carbon and biodiversity obligations and the soil and water benefits and also the recreation and landscape benefits associated with woodland creation. So those are reasons. One of the things I was was going to ask was a lot of people sometimes ask me if you're planting a commercial timber crop and you're eventually going to see an income from that, maybe a few decades down the line, why is there funding support for that? Absolutely. So that's a very good question. And the main reason is that forestry is is such a long-term industry, as as you will know, requires support to encourage activity and to contribute to the upfront costs. And our forestry delivers a rich uh, mixture of benefits, including an economic contribution of of 1 billion and the provision of over 25,000 jobs, as well as environmental and social benefits, for example, recreation. Within the Scotland's forestry strategy, we have a 50-year vision for forestry, and one of the main priorities under that Scottish forestry strategy is to expand the area of forestry to 21% of woodland cover by 2032. Effectively, government intervention is Mm -hmm. critical to deliver such an ambitious target. So you've mentioned a few of the benefits to the farmers themselves, as well as the sort of national level reaching planting targets and, and supporting the timber industry. Could you mention a few few of the other benefits for farmers directly? Absolutely. So alongside the investment opportunity uh, and adding an additional income stream to their business, one of the key benefits is related to the provision of shelter for stock and related benefits for animal productivity and crop yields. Uh, and these are key. There are also tax benefits to, to forest 
forestry, benefits in terms of securing your farm for future generations. A great source of natural pollinators and pest control, particularly at the moment. I know that carbon issues are becoming important in the minds of farmers and landowners. Creating new woodlands can help contribute to a low carbon economy and can help individual uh, rural businesses lower their carbon footprint. So these are some of the many benefits that farmers can realise by looking at the opportunities that woodland creation can offer them. So it sounds like there's lots to be gained practically and financially for the farmers themselves. And it's just that funding is there to kickstart, to get you started in the first place. So if farmers think that growing trees might be a good diversification, a good addition to their business, how can they decide whether taking up this FGS funding and and planting trees is right for them and their land and their business? So very much the the key to forestry is is the right tree in the right place. Farmers and landowners want to consider access for their future forestry operations, their management and their harvesting. If landowners contact their local woodland officer via their local Scottish Forestry Conservancy, they can have some preliminary checks undertaken relating to potential opportunities for woodland creation on their land. Uh, And this can help landowners to make an informed decision as to whether woodland creation is the right thing for them. Very important that landowners seek advice from Scottish Forestry or a local forestry agent. Agents can also produce an indicative cash flow and undertake a more detailed site analysis to determine suitability for woodland creation. Sometimes people think of woodland creation on farms as planting up the whole farm, packing in all the farming and all the agricultural operations. Does that have to be the case? Absolutely not. And as a retired dairy farmer's daughter, he'd be appalled if I suggested it was. Scottish forestry are very much trying to promote the integration of forestry into existing rural businesses rather than whole farm conversion. And in fact, we have specific guidance for woodland creation on agricultural holdings. And that's designed to minimise any potential impact of woodland creation on the wider agricultural productivity for the region. I think whereas in Europe, there's a long history of forestry and farming being integrated into the same business, in Scotland there is still a tendency to see them as entirely separate entities and in fact forestry is often seen as as being at the cost of farming. But integrating forestry into your existing agricultural business can actually help maximise overall business productivity, so maintaining your existing levels of agricultural productivity whilst adding an additional future income stream. So a bit more detail about the scheme itself Mm -hmm. and how it works. What kind of trees, what kind of woodlands can you plant under the scheme? There are various options under the forestry grant scheme, which include commercial conifer, broadleaves, native broadleaves and the small or farm woodland option. So very much the species mix is dependent on the option that you go for. And also depends on uh, your site suitability. I mentioned earlier on the right tree in the right place. It's about the right species in the right place. uh, So you can maximise productivity of that stand of forestry. Mm -hmm. So that's something important to find out very early on, whether your land, your site is suitable for commercial conifers, for example, if that's what you think you want to plant, but it might not be the right thing for you. There are other options that might work Absolutely. Better. And that's part of the work that your agent can do for you and also part of the pre-application work that your local Scottish Forestry Conservancy can help with you. There's a tool called the Environmental Site Classification Tool, which is used commonly as part of the pre-application to determine which species are suitable for your site and to give a predicted yield return on those species so you can decide what is suitable for your land. There might be some other things to consider, like access to the site. So if you've got an area right up the back of the hill that might be great for commercial conifers, but if you've got to build a really long road to get in there, that's something you have to consider right from 
planting, isn't it? Very much so. And it's, you know, the key is forestry can help add value to, to lower productivity land, underutilised land. And sometimes that land happens to be in the most inaccessible places in the farm. So you have to weigh off those two against each other. It absolutely depends on your objectives from the start. If you want a commercial forestry block to yield a commercial return, you need to ensure that access from the start. If it's more a native woodland planting scheme, perhaps for more environmental benefits to help with diffuse pollution issues or, or natural flood control. Access is important, but it's not as important mm-hmm. if you're looking at a you know, mm-hmm. fully commercial return. In the central Scotland area where I operate, we have a specific uplift for the forestry grant scheme uh, called the Central Scotland Green Network Contribution, which provides a top up to the initial planting grants, national planting grants. Out with the Central Scotland Green Network area, Scottish Forestry has an initiative called the Sheep and Trees Option, which helps provide both Capital Works access funding as well as the funding for your actual planting. So farmers might want to consider looking into the Sheep and Trees Option. Scale is also important if you're looking for a commercial forestry block. You want to make sure that it's of sufficient scale to make it economically viable in the long term. So on scale, are there sort of minimum or maximum areas, thinking particularly about wanting shelter belts and small areas, maybe small areas of the farm that might be suitable? Can that be viable? In terms of minimum eligibility requirements for the forestry grant scheme, for the commercial uh, Broadleafs and the commercial conifer options, you're looking at a minimum block size of two hectares and a minimum planting width of 15 metres. For the native options and for the smaller farm woodlands options, you're looking at a minimum block size of 0.25 of a hectare uh, and a minimum planting width of 15 metres. So as long as you meet those specifications, you should be eligible. Below that, uh, if you are looking at smaller areas currently, the Woodland Trust offer assistance for people who want to plant trees and, and can help provide free trees for landowners. So no matter what the scale, there is probably something out there that mm-hmm. can help you. Okay, so that's good to know. There's help beyond the Forestry Grant Scheme, FGS, from the Woodland Trust. And we spoke about the areas of woodland that you can plant how many trees should you plant within that area? And it depends on the option that you choose. So, for example, with a conifer woodland option, for example, Sitka spruce, uh, we're looking for 2,500 trees uh, per hectare as a minimum stocking density. And that's to do with timber quality, planting Absolutely. close together to drive the trees up yes. and keep them low branching, nice straight stems. And yes. then in the native broadleaf option, and I think the native pine wood as well, the density is much lower yes. to create a more natural woodland. That is correct, yep. yes. So what does the funding actually pay for? So funding pays for your initial planting costs. There's also additional monies available for capital items, so your fencing, tree protection, absolutely key in terms of herbivore control. You also get five years' worth of maintenance payments on top of that. Effectively, your maintenance will help to replace any failed trees that have been planted at the beginning, help maintain your herbivore control, effectively help you establish a successful woodland. And it is absolutely key that you get on top of your maintenance at the very beginning otherwise you can potentially end up paying for it in the long term and of course fencing tree protection really important to prevent browsing by deer rabbits and hares and voles yes for for example the native broadleaves particularly palatable to deer uh, and in scotland we have a very high density of deer population mm-hmm. at the moment and that does need to be managed so on how the overall funding is calculated you mentioned the central scotland green network so that's one of the sort of target areas where there's extra funding to help with establishment and to encourage planting 
Are there other target areas? Yes, there are various target areas throughout Scotland. Uh, for example, the Cairngorms National Park. There is also the Woodlands for Water Scheme, which is focused around key water catchments. So you should check with your local conservancy office if you think you're in one of those target areas. So that's definitely worth finding out because the basic payment of the grant might be supplemented by an additional Absolutely, uplift. yes. The, the, you know, we have a generous package of grant rates already, but there are additional uplifts mm-hmm. available which can help maximise the payments. Mm-hmm. When would you receive the payments then if you decide you want to go ahead with this and get on with the fencing and ground preparation, buying the plants? When do you actually get the, the money to help with that? So the payments are are made retrospectively, so the work is done and the monies are claimed back afterwards, typically three months after the claim is made, as long as all the paperwork is submitted correctly and you've provided all the information. And that is key in terms of minimising the timescale. So do speak to your local woodland officer at Scottish Forestry to make sure that you are submitting everything that is required. Quite often finance will be required for the upfront costs. So your initial funds are claimed back from Scottish Forestry and then you then move to the annual maintenance payments being claimed to your single application form. Mm -hmm. So to cover the upfront cost of installing the fencing and getting the planting done, you might need to look at a bank loan or overdraft facility. Generally, the banks are quite supportive of these schemes, aren't they? We've been speaking with a number of banks over the last couple of years and are becoming increasingly aware of the opportunities related to woodland creation. There is definitely support among a number of the leading banks now for forestry mm-hmm. and woodland creation projects. Alternatively, some forestry companies may offer to front the initial upfront capital costs of schemes on behalf of clients. What about basic payment? Can you still claim that when you're part of the forestry grant scheme? You can receive the basic payment on land planted under the forestry grant scheme, so long as obviously the land is eligible for the basic payment scheme in the first place. What about grazing? Can you put livestock back into the woodland at any point for grazing? Absolutely. Once the woodlands are fully established, and I stress fully established, they can be grazed and and woodland shelter can in fact be be a valuable asset to those looking to outwintering for stock or for natural lambing shelters. You might want to look at the rotational woodland grazing. Key is that, you know, in order to comply with the terms of the forestry grant scheme, applicants must ensure that they maintain the woodlands for the lifetime of the contract, which is 20 years. So you very much have to bear that in mind in terms of woodland grazing options. But Scottish Forestry are very happy to provide uh, guidance on woodland grazing uh, for those that are interested mm-hmm. in it. So lots of benefits from woodland grazing, just as long as you don't get too impatient and put the livestock back in there before the trees are Absolutely, and even once you consider the trees are to be established, you know, careful monitoring of stock to check for any damage uh, is essential. So it sounds like in most places you can plant something, you know, you, whether it's commercial conifers or a native scheme, but are there any places that you just couldn't plant at all, thinking deep peat, archaeology, things like that? The Forestry Grant Scheme will not fund any projects on um, what you refer to as deep peat, which is essentially anything over 50 centimetres of deep peat, so that would be ineligible. You need to check for any archaeological sensitivities. There are certain uh, archaeological sites that you would need to buffer from any woodland creation scheme. Sometimes there are ecological limitations in terms of birds and habitats. So, for example, if you are adjacent to or indeed have a triple SI on your land or other environmental designations, these might impact what you can plant and where. But that's something that your forestry agent and your local Scottish forestry mm-hmm. uh, woodland offs can help determine at the outset so you can plan that into mm-hmm. your application. So that doesn't mean you have to rule it out entirely, it's just there might be areas you have to leave unplanted or considerations you have to 
to take into account. Absolutely, and those can very much be factored in at the beginning when you do your your initial site investigations. Quite often, Scottish Forestry will ask for a habitat survey to be done to identify any species-rich diversity on your land. So who is eligible to receive funding? Is it just landowners or can tenants think about planting as well? Tenants can also consider planting and very much would look to work with their landowners to do that. Effectively, anybody who is registered for rural payments and has a business reference number is eligible for the forestry grant scheme. We've mentioned a bit already about the sort of specifications. What are the other conditions of funding? It purely is minimum stocking density until establishment at year five uh, and maintenance of a woodland for the lifetime of the contract, which is 20 years. There is then a requirement when it comes to thinning and when it comes to a final felling and final crop, you would need to apply for a felling licence from Scottish Forestry and more often than not attached to the felling licence is a condition of restocking. So effectively you're looking at forestry in perpetuity. On the whole there will, will be a restocking requirement mm-hmm. for that site. Mm-hmm. And that's to ensure we don't lose any more forest cover Absolutely. nationally. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's to, to ensure that we're maintaining that carbon benefit. Mm-hmm. And of course when you harvest the timber, although you're taking the carbon out of the forest, the carbon doesn't disappear immediately. <laughs> no, if we're looking at sustainable construction products, for, for mm-hmm. example, that carbon is then locked up for the lifetime of those products. Mm-hmm. Then you're planting your new woodland to soak up additional carbon. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned briefly about tax tax benefits. Yep, and those, those are very important in terms of forestry. So income received from the sale of timber or from the occupation of commercial woodlands is exempt from income tax. In terms of inheritance tax, commercial woodland currently attracts 100% relief from inheritance tax provided you own the woodlands for two years and you gains resulting from the sale of the, the actual land itself on which the trees are situated is liable to capital gains tax. But the profit made from the actual timber itself is, is capital gains tax free. You should seek specific tax guidance from either your accountant or your forestry mm-hmm. agent on the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. That sounds like there are benefits in terms of if you were planting for an, a future investment. Absolutely, yeah, very much so. The tax benefits of the forestry are very attractive. So that's also good for succession planning and and thinking about future investments. Absolutely, and we know that with the current average age of farmers, with perhaps a lack of young people wanting to take the farm on, that people are looking for longer-term options and retirement options, and the tax benefits Mm -hmm. associated with forestry are valuable. The current forestry grant scheme runs until 2020. What is likely to happen after that date? So a group within Scottish Forestry has recently been set up to look at the future of the forestry grant scheme and the aim is very much to work with the existing forestry grant scheme framework and to consider any improvements and any changes from policy and stakeholder needs as well as from Scottish Government priorities such as climate change. And you mentioned the planting targets are currently at 10,000 hectares per year in Scotland, yes. increasing to 15,000. That sounds as though the Scottish Government is committed to supporting. Absolutely. It is vital. A report by the, the World Wildlife Fund has stated that timber demand globally is, is set to triple to 2050. UK currently imports 75% of its timber and that will rise unless we produce more. So woodland creation is an absolutely key, both in terms of uh, supply chain and in terms of climate change. It's a key commitment by the Scottish Government that they want to see rise. We need more forestry to sustain our needs and our domestic market. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we're just importing timber from elsewhere and effectively exporting the footprint of that timber to other countries. Yes, absolutely. So how do you apply for 
forestry grant scheme funding for woodland creation. Is there any annual deadline or cut-off? So no, there's no annual deadline. Uh, The forestry grant scheme can be applied for any time during the year. So that means that you could perhaps make applications in quieter agricultural periods. As a farmer's daughter, I was never sure quite when the quieter periods were. And approvals for the scheme are given on a rolling monthly basis. In terms of the applications themselves, there's a number of forestry agents who could submit applications on your behalf. And and that is generally recommended. If you get all the information provided at the very start, that will help speed up the process as a basic guideline, you're looking at approximately three months for a simple application, perhaps for a slightly more complex application, for example, where you need to undertake an environmental impact assessment. You may look at up to six months to a year. So it depends on the scheme. So take advice at the beginning in terms of timescales is a competitive funding scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, maximising your score is, is, is essential. Right. So it's a, po- it's a point-based scheme yes you get points for different elements of the yes and the different the different options will have different scoring criteria so you can have a good idea when you submit the application of how many points it's likely to score absolutely and And then if it it is not scoring highly enough you will have a good indication of what you need to do what further information you need Mm -hmm. to provide to to ensure that you're you can maximize your score Mm -hmm. at at submission stage Mm -hmm. and just as an example doing a consultation gives you extra points doesn't it yeah so the the level of consultation you do will get you a certain number of extra Mm -hmm. points common issues that we see uh, include a lack of of consultation with local communities you should also ensure that your scheme design keeps uh, the fencing and protection costs what we call the capital costs to a minimum and ideally to less than 150 percent of the planting costs full details of scoring criteria available on the rural payments website and that's 150 percent rule is part of the the scoring criteria Mm -hmm. if you go over the 150% rule uh, you are scored down so make yourself familiar with those scoring criteria in order to to help you maximise your chances of a a successful Mm -hmm. score If I wanted to find out more about growing trees and taking up the, the grant funding for woodland creation what do you suggest I do next? Strongly suggest that you contact your local Scottish Forestry Conservancy for initial information and advice And of course, the Farm Advisory Service can offer help and advice with this as well. Thank you very much for your time today, Virginia. It's been really helpful. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I hope our conversation helped give you a better idea of some of the benefits of growing trees and how you could take up the financial support that's available to plant them. There's lots more information, including videos and other podcasts on the FAS website. You'll find Farm Woodlands listed under Crops and Soils on the homepage. Keep an eye on the website and FAS social media channels for details of upcoming Woodlands events. These can be an opportunity to hear firsthand from other farmers who've already taken up Woodland Creation grant funding and also speak to forestry experts in a practical and informal setting. These happen all over the country, are free to attend and usually include lunch too. If you have questions about anything we didn't cover or want to take the next step towards planting trees, you can contact the Farm Advisory Service helpline on 0300 323 0161 or email advice at fas.scot to speak to an advisor. Thanks for listening.